All right, welcome to the First Church Podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, you can see both Paul and Katia Jones in front of me, and I'm glad to have them here with me. They are missionaries to Bolivia, and I'll have them say a little more about themselves. This is just part of a series where I am interviewing some of the missionaries we support as a, as a church at First Church. And um, like I said, I'm glad to have Paul and Katia Jones with me today. And I just want to begin with allowing you guys to kind of give an introduction. Um, Paul, Katia, you're in Bolivia, but maybe tell us a little bit uh, more about yourself and what you do in Bolivia. Well, we're, we started a ministry here back in 2004 as a family. And we come here to uh, help to develop our leaders. Uh, the Church of God in Bolivia is led by lay leaders. We have a little over 300 congregations throughout the country, and all of them are unpaid bivocational leaders. Uh, and so we're here more in a support capacity to help with leadership training development. Uh, I teach uh, biblical classes, theology, that kind of thing, also ministerial classes to help learn to preach and study the Bible and that kind of thing. Uh, Katri, you want to share a little bit of what you do with the ladies? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I've been working with the ladies. Uh, of course, during this time of pandemic, it, it's been a completely different change. You know, we got to stay home, and and I have a few opportunities to teach the women in, or in different churches through the Zoom program. Uh, but basically, we've been working with the ladies and, and the youth and also with children. In the last couple of years, I've been trying to kind of like work a little bit more in the Sunday school department with different churches. It kind of like uh, have a, include more materials for Sunday school and kind of like more programs for kids. And, and that's how basically I, I've been working. Yeah, yeah. Paul, you, uh, you mentioned that most of the pastors in Bolivia uh, or the churches that you help oversee and encourage and teach, pastors that you teach, they're bivocational. Uh, is, that, is that something that's unique to Church of God pastors, or is that pretty much what most churches, Christian churches in Bolivia, they have uh, bivocational pastors or really lay leader? Do you say lay leader pastors? Either? Right, right. It's probably a mix. A lot of, uh, especially where they have churches out in rural areas, a lot of them will be bivocational. Uh, in the cities, probably not as much. It's probably more of a paid position, kind of a permanent position. That's probably where we differ is that our leaders are elected every year. So uh, a person may be the first, well, we have like usually seven deacons for each congregation. And the first deacon is, it's kind of considered the, the main leader that year to choose who's going to preach and that kind of thing. And then each deacon has his role. One of them is uh, the treasurer and that kind of thing. So the ministry gets passed around among a lot of different leaders. And the preaching is generally done, uh, can be done by anybody, not just the, the, the voted, the elected deacons, uh, but also uh, basically anyone who's faithful any active leader yeah, yeah. Church, they can they yeah. can be you can be called on in less than a moment's notice to, to come up and preach because the person that was supposed to preach didn't make it 
<laughs> wow. So you really better be ready in and out of season. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you come, be sure you have several sermons in your hip pocket with you. Yeah, I remember in seminary, um, uh, my pre preaching professor was Dr. Robert Smith, and um, uh, his black preaching professor, and he would always talk about ex extemporary, extemporaneous preaching. And, uh, and um, every once in a while in his class, what he would have you do is a, is a preaching class, homiletics class. And um, he had this fishbowl and he'd put numbers in the fishbowl and everybody had a number and you would draw your number, you'd draw a number out of the fishbowl. And whoever drew the, the wrong, no, the wrong, the right, whatever you want to call it, number out of the fishbowl, you had to preach in front of your seminary class. And he only did it, he did it twice in that semester. I drew the number both times. No way. Yeah, yeah, it was miserable. It was the worst thing I ever did in my life. Because um, I am not, I, like, I, I would consider myself an average preacher or whatever, but um, I cannot, I am very bad just yeah. to like, pick up the Bible and just start going without time, like, in study and preparation and so forth. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was one of the worst experiences of my life. So I, I've not been to Bolivia, but I've been to Guatemala. And when I go, I make sure that I have a couple of messages with me, because, uh, especially if I'm going to go to church, right. um, because I, I've discovered that is somewhat true in Latin America, that you better be ready. That's right. Yeah. So good thing about it is if I, I would preach in Latin America, since it's a uh, Spanish speaking. Uh, you have time to think. Yeah, you have time to think. You know exactly, right? Like, because you have to, you can only say about a you know a few words at a time, anyways, because it needs translated. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's that's interesting. I didn't realize that uh, about the Bolivian church um, that you could you pretty much get voted out of preaching if you're not any good at it anymore. They put you in. Um, all right, you're no longer the preacher this year, or lead pastor, or senior pastor. The beautiful thing of it is, is that we really have an abundance of leaders. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the church is growing. Yeah. We hear, we're constantly hearing of new, what they call avanzados, new daughter churches that are being established. And, uh, you know, and we don't have to wait for somebody to come out of a seminary. We don't have to, we don't have to have money to start the church because it starts in the home somewhere. And so really, the growth potential is limitless because leaders are constantly being developed and, uh, and brought up through this system of kind of a, like a mentoring process. Because mm -hmm. usually a person will be, a, they'll start serving, maybe they'll be called on to lead the singing. That's a good thing I didn't get started here because <laughs> that would have been a bad experience, me leading the singing. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I mean, you do you fulfill different roles and stuff like that, and then they see your potential, and then they'll start calling on you, and uh, and so it really has aided in the growth of the church. It has its drawbacks, of course, uh, but we see how God continues to use this system in Bolivia uh, mm -hmm. to really further His kingdom in a wonderful way. See, that's, that's wonderful. I'm trying to do a better job of that in our church, trying to be less protective of my pulpit. And finally, this past year, I was convicted that we have actually a number of ordained ministers and even pastors in our church that aren't staff. But I realized like there's nobody younger than me preaching mm -hmm. um, uh, in our church. And so uh, I'm like, 
I, so basically I went out and found two guys younger than me that I thought could preach and we've had them preach a couple of times this year uh, because we're not, my, our, our congregation, I feel like was doing a good job of that. And I, I'm not sure the, the American church obviously isn't doing as good of a job of that as I think probably some churches in Latin America or obviously Bolivia. And um, even within the church of God, you see, you see the Hispanic church growing at a much faster rate than um, other churches, uh, other churches of other demographics and the uh -huh. church of God in the United States, I think because of that reason. Right. You know, I think the polarity. I think it, yeah. I think it has a real important aspect to this. Uh, you feel like you belong. You feel, I think the beautiful thing here in Bolivia is that uh, the idea of everybody participates. Everybody has a role to play in the church. And even uh, even our churches, you know, do like their anniversary, their yearly anniversary called the Junta. And everybody has something to do, cooking or being a security guard to help parking or setting up the tent or uh, cleaning bathrooms. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's all hands on deck when you have maybe here in the city, there'll be seven, eight thousand people that show up and the local congregation feeds them, attends them the whole weekend and everything like that. So it, it requires everybody, but it's also a really a good thing because everybody feels like they belong. It's their part. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's what their, their service in the kingdom of God is. And it really, uh, I see it as a tremendous uh, aspect to the church here in Bolivia to really foster growth and continued uh, unity in the congregations. Yeah, that's, that's really good. That'll preach. When you come and visit us, you, you need to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's a good way to know how gifted you are also. Yeah. Sometimes we wonder, I wonder how, what I can do, you know, at church. And here they basically know since they are young. Basically, they know where they fit in, you mm. know, because they've been serving the Lord also with the youth, you know, among the youth. So they basically know where they can fit in, in the church, in which areas are, they're more stronger, you know, and it, which is good. It's good. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's also, that's one of the things, like, we try to do that in our church. I mean, we're trying, we're constantly, if you're joining our church, trying to get you to take a spiritual gifts test and mm -hmm. trying to get to know people. Okay, what do you like to do? Where are you gifted? And, and trying to get them plugged in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, we have to make a huge effort to do that, I know, in our church. And maybe it's the culture makes it easier. People just kind of maybe jump in in the culture, maybe even receive people more than, uh they would in our own or maybe not but um i, I think in the states you have to go through the test to know what your gifts yeah. are but here you know you have to go through practice yeah, yeah. you just do it like yeah yeah see that's good i love that like yeah people would want to take a test first here and it's like no just go try yeah. just go do it like you probably know like a lot of it's intuitive right yeah yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, Katia, I've always enjoyed when getting to talk to you and, and being around you when you come to the church. You're always full of energy and just kind of fun to be around. Um, what do you What do you focus on with the women? I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but what does women's ministry look like in Bolivia? Well, basically, visitation. They visit uh, one church every week, and there are around 25 churches here in town. 
And so every Monday they're visiting one church and also I've been helping them with Bible studies, basically help them, you know, uh, with, uh, with the basic uh, doctrine or teachings about the Bible. Yeah. 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 She's so. had a real interesting time. She hit on something several years ago. She started developing games for the ladies. But a lot of our ladies, the men usually will out in the countryside and rural areas, they will have gone to school for at least a few years or so. But a lot of the women, they they had to take care of the sheep or the llamas and stuff like that. And so a lot of them basically don't read or write. But, you know, you want for the women to be able to understand the word of God and to really be able to keep up a little bit. <clears throat> so she started developing just little card games that she would laminate and make up but uh for them to learn the books of the bible in order uh learn scripture texts even learn... the plan of salvation i have it in games i kind of figure out a bunch of games and they can relate you know uh the teaching with kind of like what they see it's easier for a person that doesn't read you know as fluent as somebody that went through a high school high school college you know and so games have been a powerful tool to mm -hmm. use with them because i have heard a bunch of testimonies that uh, for them it's easier you know if they kind of have a game so they don't have the stress of memorizing things mm -hmm. the way that we do and through a game they play and and unconsciously they are memorizing things or kind of remembering things in a better way or easier way for them yeah 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 that's that's really creative that's awesome did you think of that yourself or, or did you get that idea somewhere else i get some from internet and some of them i once i have a game i can figure out another game out of an out of a game yeah yeah, yeah i probably got well like maybe 15, 20 games, maybe, different games, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's interesting, I, I would go to a church after she's done, you know, a series of Bible studies and, and taught them books of the Bible and stuff. Before that, you know, the men would have to help the women find scripture verses, and that's kind of, I like to use several scripture verses, and so that's kind of, it takes a while, and you're, you want to wait for them to find them and stuff. And so I remember going to one church one night where she had, recently finished her studies and uh and i would call out scripture verse the women would find it real quick the men were the ones <laughs> finding them so i was like uh, then i'd repeat a, a text from memory or something they would the women would be repeating it with me and so i could see how effective that it really was and what a blessing for the ladies that uh, perhaps the men probably have not really paid a lot of attention to or been real concerned with catching them up and so we see the women's ministry as a real uh vital uh tool here in Bolivia. they have a i noticed they have a really good memory it's it's really fresh is their memory is better than mine and i keep telling them if you can memorize your phone your husband's phone number you can memorize a, a verse from the bible yeah and i noticed that their memory is really fresh and so uh, that is helping a lot. A little bit of encouragement, you know, kind of like, sometimes I notice they have a low self-esteem because of the fact that they don't read or write. I mean, it's not all of them. 
but a bunch of the old generations, you know. So I think they, uh, when they start reading the Bible and memorizing the Bible and or reading little by little, you know, um, I think their self-esteem starts getting better and higher. And, and they, they know that their, their, their value is not in any possession that they have or things that they can or cannot, cannot do but their value is in Jesus Christ. That's, yeah. that's what the value is in Jesus. And once they understand that, that, that we are a child of God, that's when, you know, I see them with kind of like more energetic, with a big desire to do things and more desire to study the Bible, to memorize the Bible and, it's kind of like the being a new believer takes another dimension here because everything is new for them, yeah. you know. So yeah. I noticed the impact in their lives and having, you know, more tools to study the Bible has been helping them even with their self-esteem. Yeah. That's good just hearing hearing about that and then how you've kind of helped some of the women deal with some of those challenges and overcome that what i think a lot of people want to i don't know i always wonder um when i think about different missionaries and so forth like what are your biggest challenges i know paul so uh just so people know like paul is from the united states and and katia you're from costa rica so you're not from bolivia you're you know you're hispanic and your your native tongue is, is spanish but although you there's i think travel languages right a lot of times where you're from yeah. or, or indigenous languages i guess yeah better so it's not like it's probably even difficult for you as far as language is concerned at different times but what are what are your different challenges or some of your biggest challenges i think for at least from my perspective probably the biggest challenge right now we're having is being able we've things have changed a lot here in bolivia the economy has has come up quite a bit people are very busy working and stuff like that well working with lay leaders you have to have time to be able to to you know if you have to have the time the opportunity to get them together uh, and so just uh, logistically, it's kind of kind of difficult. It's just like this year, we'll have our our district level meeting uh, Christmas Day. So that's Katya and I's anniversary. <laughs> so anyway, you know, that, that some of those kind of things are, are difficult for us. Um, but probably that's the biggest thing. Another thing is uh, being able to get around to the areas where we need to get to uh bolivia is fairly large i mean it's not huge but it's uh, i'm from texas and it's larger than texas so it's it's pretty good size uh, and travel wise can take quite a while and so just being able to get out to the areas where we need where we're really lacking in our teaching now is more in the rural areas and so that's where i'm i was really focused on that for this year 2020 until COVID hit and that kind of changed all of our plans that way so pray the Lord will let us this next year get back on track with that uh, plan. To me, maybe the one of the biggest challenges is kind of like trying to 
mingles, right? Trying to mingle the old generation of ladies with the new ones. So they're completely different ones. And uh, what I came to Bolivia maybe 16 years ago, I was working with a different type of generational ladies that they used to uh, have that passion for the Lord. And I'm not saying that the new, the new generations don't have that. But there's a lot of distraction now, even during the, the Bible studies with the phone ringings and stuff like that. And we, we didn't see that before. It was just when we got together to study the Bible, we were concentrating on studying the Bible. The ladies did their homework and they came back with almost all the lessons memorized and the verses memorized. And, and now it's a little bit different. And I feel like they have more distractions during the day, cell phones, WhatsApp, internet, and, and one thing that I noticed before, I think they used to have more kids, four or five kids, and I don't know where the ladies found time to be with the Lord. But now I, I see like they have less kids at home, but it's like there is no time today. Huh. So that has been the challenge. How, how do I combine the old generations and the new generational ladies in a Bible study? And sometimes I notice that even the old generations have more knowledge about the Bible than the new ones. Hmm. And, and also for every Bible study that we were having, which used to be more, more than 100 ladies in a Bible study, uh, every time we were having new ladies coming to the Bible study. And so one year we had to go back all the time you know, after they changed it, it to the new, and after they elected a new lady as a president, because every year they elect a new lady. So every year you, they were asking me to go back to the basic things again of the Bible study because we were having new ladies again. So it's a blessing, it's a, it's a real blessing, you know, that we have new ladies every year constantly coming, you know, to the Bible study. But it's kind of like, I have to go back again and go back again. I say, why don't we just continue where we finished the last year? We continue, you know? And, and so we were thinking about just making two Bible studies because one was not going to work anymore. But I, I, I didn't want to put too much on, on their plate because uh, they don't have just a Bible study, but they have activities at church. Usually the church in Latin America is open the whole week, every single day. You know, Bible study, prayer, uh, what's yeah. prayer meetings, yeah. uh, youth meetings, uh, and the ladies' meetings, which usually is on Monday or Wednesday or Friday, it depends on the church. So it's like every day they have activities going on at church. And all, also they have the visit to the houses, you know. Mm -hmm. they usually is it once a week or once a month, I think it is, that they visit one church, a family from, from, from the church. So it's, uh, you know, I didn't want to put more stuff on their plate because they, they're really busy. You know, the church in Latin America is open basically every single day. Yeah. But that was my challenge, basically, kind of like trying to deal with the old generations and the new generations and, and more ladies coming you know, to the yeah. Bible
So we don't we don't lack we don't we don't lack any. Uh, we're not suffering with numbers. We're, we have pretty good numbers here. People attending, you know, mm -hmm. the different activities. Right now, obviously, we're in this pandemic. How has that changed ministry? <laughs> Turned it up on its head. Yeah. <laughs> Things are well. I say that. Actually, in the rural areas, it probably made very little impact. Uh, now we've lost some people out in the rural areas due to it. Uh, you know, they've died. But uh, basically, out in the rural areas, they've not shut down. They've just continued on, even celebrating their anniversaries and stuff like that. The cities is where the our congregations have had to be more careful uh, since, I think, 1st of September, I think they finally started us allowing us to open up for church services Sunday morning. And yeah. uh, so 50% before that it was all by zoom and, and you know, our people, they don't have internet in their houses. They, uh, they don't have computers. They have their cell phone though, a smartphone that they will have. And they, they buy the, the megabytes, you know, pay for those. So, um, but the attendance was sparse and probably the majority of the churches in the cities did not do any type of uh, Zoom meetings. But what they've done, what we've found out now, we've been able to go around and visit quite a number of the congregations. Uh, so, well, since we weren't able to, to get together in the church building, we, we all went up to the mountain to pray, to fast and pray. And so little tents, yeah, like for three days they took a little tent, you know, different tents, you know, for everybody to took their own tent and we were fasting for three days. So the problem was was that uh not only our congregations but a lot of the congregations in the city did the same thing and so they were running out of room up on the mountaintops and we got quite a few mountaintops around here. But uh they they would be shoulder to shoulder, but uh I think you know, now that the churches are being able to get back together again, and we've visited quite a number of them now, and we've been really encouraged because we kind of were concerned that, well, this stuff on Zoom and all that, and there was the fears that, well, people aren't going to want to come to church once, we're, once we get back there. They're just going to want to do it on the internet and stuff. Well, what we've found is a lot of our congregations look like they've grown quite a bit, um, I mean, we've got them busting out of the seams in a lot of the time. They're really excited, you can tell, uh, to be back together. And so uh, as far as permanently causing a, a problem on the churches, it hasn't that we see. Uh, we're just thankful to the Lord. We, we've seen, I think, four uh, one church service Sunday committed themselves to the Lord and it's another. called this a praise part of the yeah it's called another, this a, we have a pretty good praise yeah another congregation, to the Lord another yeah. congregation celebrated their establishment as a new church and what they baptized six, eight people were baptized this were Sunday baptized in a rural there. area and and the church that we attended on Sunday morning uh for kind of like young young people, people yeah. they were saved yeah That's awesome praise god yeah well the church is when you get, when you get the people praying up on the mountaintops here 
Yeah, well, it does make a difference. Yeah, and I think that's the secret here in Bolivia. Yeah. Fasting and prayer is routine among the believers. They do it every, every, for the first Sunday of the month, we have communion. So on the Saturday, usually, depending on the congregation, either Saturday or on that Sunday, we'll go to the mountaintop and spend the day in fasting and prayer before they take communion. And for any, for, to elect the leaders, the deacons every year, to spend the day in prayer and fasting. Um, and basically for just anything else that might occur or just by routine, they'll have days of prayer and fasting. And so I think that's uh, a real, what do you call it? If you want to say a secret to, to growth and unity, that, that's it. Yeah, wow. And when it's about eating, they eat. <laughs> they will break. I don't know how they can go to the opposite sides. They know how to eat. Yeah, I guess awesome. they eat a lot. They love to eat, but when it's about fasting, my goodness, yeah. It's Our amazing. fast, we don't even have water, so you know, wow. it's a real fast. Kind of like yeah. when Moses did, you know. <laughs> yeah. Goes up Forty days without eating or drinking. Yeah. Wow. Well, last question here. Um, what do you enjoy most about your ministry? I, I always say that what I enjoy the most is when somebody's saved, when somebody comes to the Lord, and especially if it's with me, you know, a new believer, somebody that we guide, you know, yeah. and, and get to the point of repentance and that, that's one of the most beautiful things for me, to see somebody being born again. Yeah. For me, I think just to, to see things when you teach uh, certain things and see it put into practice uh, from our leaders, to me that's real fulfilling to know that, that what we are conveying to them is, is being received and put into practice. Not everything is, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, but it is good. It's very encouraging uh, to see that, and we just love the people. We just just being around the people just fills our heart with such joy, and and to see their dedication, commitment to the Lord encourages us. So there's just a whole lot of things around here that just uh, really fills our heart with that, that joy and and hope. Good, good. Well, I, I want to thank you guys for speaking with me and. Um, it's always good to, to see you and get to talk to you. It's been a little while since I've, I've seen you in person, but we've been, our, churches have enjoyed, our church has enjoyed having you uh, come and visit us when you have. And, um, I know a number of people in our congregation keep up with you. Uh, I do want to let people know if they want to kind of learn more about you and your ministry, uh, they can go to jesusisasubject.org and then go to Global Strategy, and you guys are, are part of the Latin American team. Um, so they can learn more about you doing that. They can also donate there. And I'll put a link in our blog on our church so that people can go and learn more about you if they want to give to you. I do encourage people in our church. Um, I'm doing this with most of our missionaries, kind of, or people that we support over the next several weeks. Um, just remind them to continue to give to Faith Promise. Uh, it's how we support um, people like you and, and others. Um, who have gone to, to do ministry cross-culturally cross in, in another country. Uh, so I want to encourage people to just continue to do that and, and support um, our, our missionaries. Uh, 
And so thank you guys again. I hope you have a really Merry Christmas. Thank you. Um, thank you, Pastor. Yeah. You too. Thank you, Calvary Church, for your support for us all throughout all these years. Yeah. And we love you all. And, and thanks for all your prayers for us. And that's what is keeping us in, in the ministry here. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for all that you've done for all these years. Yeah. God's blessings be upon you. Yeah, we well, we love you too, and and I I pray the same.